The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. This way, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Howdy, Tidy Rebel Nation, and welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm Chuck Keys Yancey, and uh, brother, how about a pretty good week in Ole Miss sports, I would say. Yeah. I mean, uh, beat that Saturday Kentucky game, though, boy. Ugh. Had a shot. That's all you – look, I mean, you go to Rupp, Rupp Arena and you have a shot to win, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, th- I really thought that was maybe Ole Miss's best game that I've seen complete – from offense defensively, I don't know how long, Chuck. Years and years. I don't know. I thought they played pretty good against Mississippi State earlier in the week. They did in the second half, but that, I mean, they're they are on cue defensively right now. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, yeah, they are. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I, I like their defensive effort for sure. And you know, I, I <laughs> I'm not. I, I guess I've been doing this what forty years, and I. I can count the number of times on my hand that that I have really complained about officiating, but I thought that last call against C Hadim C was was so ridiculous and such a game turner. Turner, but hey, that's it was. You know, we're on the road in the SEC. That's what you get, and uh, particularly at Rupp Arena, and you got to overcome that. And you know, Brian Tyree, as much as he's carried Ole Miss this year, has to make. One and ones, and you know, yeah, I had two of them. So you know, it, it is what it is. I, I was proud of their effort up there, and mm-hmm. certainly, certainly appreciated beating State Tuesday, uh, the, in the fashion that they did. Sent them home pretty much with their tails between their legs, as far as I could see. And then uh, this weekend, man, hey, <laughs> taking two or three from the number one team in the country out here at Swayze Field, I loved it. Yeah, but Snow Flute too. They, they, I wouldn't say dominated Saturday and Sunday, but they won more than what the score would indicate there. The eighth and ninth innings, that bases loaded, no outs. Didn't get anybody in, then gave up a few runs there in the ninth inning, but uh, they played well. And I love a lot of these newcomers. Peyton Schattinger and Mikael Baker's already a fan favorite. 
uh, West Burton coming in there like he did Sunday. Uh, you know, Leatherwood, Van Cleve, Ely getting in there, getting on the bases. I just thought that a lot of young guys and, and some older guys made some key plays throughout the weekend, and I'm I'm excited to cover. Well, here's here's what I liked. Okay, uh, the grit. When you lose mm-hmm. Friday night to the number one team in the country in a three-game series, all the pressure's on you the next day, and and they didn't they didn't buckle at all. I mean this this was an opportunity, frankly, for Louisville to sweep uh, mentally, but after Friday, yeah, after yeah, Friday being up three-two, but then. but this. Uh, this team didn't buckle. I mean, and, and they, they won flat out, got out Saturday, no, no questions about it. And then Sunday came back from a three to nothing deficit. That shows the grit that at times, not always, but at times, I feel like some of Mike Bianco's teams have missed in the last three or four years. Just the, just the dirt bag, what I call them. And, Cal and, Bakers. Yeah. And I think we've got some dirt bags out there now that, that it's a video. I mean, how yeah, about that? Man. That was a I know, I know. Whew, over had, the weekend. That was an incredible weekend. Yeah, five for ten. All right, what's on tap? Brought to you by the Library Sports Bar, home of Monday night football and a bunch of sporting events on the huge screen. Oxford most popular watering hole on the square. Well, you know where it is. Tonight, Ben Garrett at six fifteen, Carl Lafferty at six thirty. We'll be right back. After these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Railway Hotline, hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland to test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSpire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSpire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com/mission. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. 
We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit FirstSouthland.com, equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Just got a text from our good buddy, Mr. Kermit Davis Jr. said, I just landed in Columbia, South Carolina. If you want to get me on the air, uh, well, we've already got to, because I, I told him. This, Tell him we'll squeeze him in somewhere. Well, I told him this morning to concentrate on the win, man. He called me. He said, Gosh, the Missouri game's a big game. Yeah. If they can win that one, come back home against Alabama, you know, now you're getting rolling. If they can, I said nine and nine was the goal. Um, they can mm-hmm. somehow make it. I mean, they're playing really good right now. It's a shame those four losses with Auburn and Arkansas and Kentucky and LSU. Those four there, they lose it in the last minute. Well, it, I think he he recognized early on that it was going to take time yeah. to get this team together, and it, I think now they're more together. I think you're getting more out of. Just seed. hope he gets enough wins to get in the tournament. Now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We have to get on the roll. Yeah. I, I don't look for that personally. No, but, well, I mean, who but does I like at the four way and eight? But they're playing so I mean, well. Yeah, well, let me say this: uh, two weeks ago, everybody and their brother was saying this team is dead. They've quit. Yeah. They, you know, they're no good. And you know, give them credit. Give the team and the coaches credit. They didn't throw in the towel. They're nope. playing their best ball right now, and that's when it counts. And that's we'll why Furman's an elite coach. Yeah, we'll see if we finish it. Uh, Oh, man, going back to baseball, 28,000-plus mm-hmm. this weekend, second-largest weekend of the in the nation. Only I one, who one good day of – I don't know. I was wondering that. I too. know I Mississippi State claimed they had 11,000 there Saturday, which would have been bigger than any crowd we had. But Yeah, I don't uh, – Saturday I, was the only decent weather day. Yeah. You know, Friday was – Cold and I don't Sunday know, but I, I'd like to know too. who number one was because twenty eight. Who did LSU play at home this weekend? I don't They're know. usually one or two, and yeah. states three or Arkansas's three, state four. Those four kind of separated from the pack attendance wise. Um, all right, uh, let's go to the control room, Mr. Jack Schultz in Ole Miss Sports News. Take it away, Rhino. <laughs> It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags. Anything, everything, Ole Miss. What a weekend for the Ole Miss baseball team, taking two of three to win the series over number one Louisville to start the 2020 season. The Rebels clinched game three yesterday behind a four-run seventh inning and a strong relief performance from freshman Wes Burton, who threw two and a third innings without giving up a hit against eight Cardinal batters. The Rebels were led throughout the weekend by leadoff hitter junior Anthony Servidio. He scored three runs and three RBI on five hits, including a home run and ten at-bats. Kel Baker has quickly become a fan favorite as well. The junior college transfer hit a pair of towering home runs while going four for four on Saturday. He was named the SEC Co-Player of the Week, an incredible start to his Ole Miss career. 
Mike Bianco's team will have plenty of confidence moving forward with a pair of midweek games against Arkansas State and Alcorn State before Xavier visits Oxford for a three-game series this weekend. In basketball, the Rebels' three-game win streak came to an end as Kermit Davis's team dropped a hard-fought battle at number 12 Kentucky, 67-62. Brian Tyree led the way again with 19 points, followed by 13 each for Blake Hinson and K.J. Buffin. Ole Miss has looked much improved of late, especially in their 83-58 thrashing of Mississippi State last Tuesday. The Rebs are at Missouri tomorrow night at 7.30 before hosting Alabama for Space Jam night on Saturday. That's the latest Ole Miss news. Back to you guys. All right. Thank you, Jack. Good job as usual. Um, Okay, so uh, we're going to have Carl Lafferty, who's the pitching coach on here at 6.30, but I'm going to go over a couple of stats before we get to the 6.15 break. Uh, Servideo led the way 5 of 10 on the weekend. Uh, Let's see. Freshman Chatney three for seven, good weekend. Also had a you know couple walks, a hit bat. Mm-hmm. Kids ready. Kale Baker obviously five for mm-hmm. twelve, four for four on on Saturday. He's ready. Well, he sparked the team, I think, uh, and and just flipped the switch on the whole series. Really, um, Kevin Graham two for nine. Uh, Tyler Keenan, three for 11. He's got to do a little better than that. That's right at 300, but he can do better than that. Uh, Elko, two for 10. He, he's got to come around a little more. Uh, Leatherwood, two for two. Van Cleve, two for three. Uh, Ely was 0 for three, but man, he's playing against one stud pitcher. Uh, that kid Friday. <laughs> Had a good night. waltz Sunday. Yeah, that kid Ely Friday. Did battled. That kid Friday for Louisville. That kid Sunday for Louisville was is good. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. But they man, got that him. that changeup was nasty. Yeah, they got to him though. Uh, we never did get to Detmer's. Uh, what's his name? Reed Detmer. I don't know. Yeah, Reed Detmer. I think. Uh, he let's see. Three hits in five innings. Uh, struck out nine in five innings. <laughs> That's nasty. He talking about for Louisville on Friday yeah. or Saturday or Sunday. Good guy from uh, Friday. Definitely. Friday, yeah. Oh, he was he was great too. He had probably a better fastball, but the Sunday guy still throwing ninety one, ninety two, and that changeup was nasty. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss ain't gonna face a better staff than they faced against Louisville. That's what gives you so much encouragement. Now you get two midweek games. Hopefully, you can get the batters get some confidence going at the plate. Getting a little bit of rhythm and uh, you know be ready for this weekend. Yeah, um, I think the rotation looks good. I don't. Oh have, yeah, I don't have a problem with uh, no Nikhazy. Oh, and finding West Burton there is uh, definitely you know he had been coming on so strong and he had really come in to be the Tuesday night guy. He had passed everybody, you know, borderline pushing Diamond a little bit, but uh, he he looked really good out of that bullpen. Yeah, I think let's see, Holson's going. Uh, Tomorrow night, right? Is he? I think okay. so. Okay. He he pitched a one batter. Well, it definitely wasn't going to be West when he just went. And then, I mean, those were grueling seven batters he went through. That was high pressure situation. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Radio Hotline. Hang tight.
make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, buy a new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT Geo 5.6 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT Geo 5.6 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSpire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSpire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com/mission. Avanakin's Diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanakin's Mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with Avanakin's Diamond because you know she's worth it. Avanakin's Jewelers Store Downtown New Albany or VanAkins.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Hi, welcome back. Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Mississippi's future can't wait. Join C Spire in the fight to bring computer science education to every school. Text FUTURE, all caps, to 50457 or visit our msfuture.com. The time is now, Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. All right, we're now joined by Mr. Ben Garrett, who had a full week last week, covered two <laughs> basketball games, three baseball games, uh, and did a wonderful job in our coverage on the Ole Miss Spirit 247 site. Ben, what's up, buddy? Nothing much. What were y'all doing last week? Oh, I was playing golf and <laughs> messing around. Literally, he was. I, I, yeah, I was enjoying the games. Yeah, he, he was probably off in the mountains or something somewhere. He goes to the mountains like 18 times a year. Yeah. No, I was in left field for Friday, okay. Sunday. Yeah. Saturday, I had my son's games, uh, but I caught Friday, Sunday. There you um, go. There you go. Let's, let's, let's talk a little hoops first. I know you want to get to the baseball. I know you do because uh, mm-hmm. you're like me. We talked after – Sunday's game, and uh, you like this team. I know you do, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I'm also real happy with uh, the turnaround of this basketball team. I mean, uh, down 13 points in the first half to Mississippi State and came back and just slaughtered them. 
Yeah, they, that was a great game for them. And um, had they gotten the game at Kentucky, suddenly they're back in the NCAA tournament discussion in earnest. I mean, they would come into this week, and if they go 2-0 this week with a win against Kentucky, um, they're not just in the bubble. They're probably in the first four in. But unfortunately, they weren't able to win that game. But uh, they certainly have turned it around. The progress they've made from Texas A&M, the first SEC game, to now Kentucky, it's <laughs> obvious. But um, unfortunately, it might be a little too little. I mean, too little, too late in regards to the NCAA tournament. But uh, they keep playing this way. They'll win more than they lose the rest of the way and um, go to the SEC tournament. And maybe they got another run in them like they did in 2013. Yeah, Kentucky, 19 of 24 from the free throw line. Ole Miss was 8 of 11. Thank you. Yeah, that's the game. Officiate. Yeah, yeah. In a five-point yeah, game. games. And, then, and the biggest, what, um, the biggest play of the game late that really turned the game was the foul on Hadim C. Um, no question. He was, it, was good, it was a physical blockout, mm-hmm. but honestly, that was a ticky-tack foul. To foul him out in that moment was tough and uh, turned the entire game. And it's unfortunate, you know, Brian, he went to the line with two one-and-ones um, with an opportunity to first uh, take the lead and then to tie. Wasn't able to get it done, but um, Bree's been absolutely phenomenal over the course of the last two months, and um, that's just going to happen to anybody. But I thought that play for Hadeem is what really turned it. It's unfortunate, yeah. too, because Hadeem oh, yeah. played an absolutely incredible uh, last couple games. And I liked, uh, I liked what our buddy Brad Logan tweeted out about that Hadeem C. foul. He said, and the Oscar goes to what's the big kid's name? It was a Nick flop. Richards. I mean, uh, he got tripped up a little bit, but really it was a flop. That's just a I'm physical sure it flop. It's unfortunate because against Florida, when Ole Miss beat up on Florida, the referees let the game be played. There was very few fouls called, and um, the game was much more enjoyable. But then against Kentucky, just fouls on fouls on fouls, and a lot of them weren't fouls. So that's unfortunate. But Ole Miss played a heck of a game. They could have won it just what it would have done for their postseason resume. Yeah. Um, Talk a little bit about yeah. a little bit about Missouri. I mean, they just stomped uh, Auburn. Auburn. Number yeah, ranked, it, 11th ranked Auburn Saturday, so they're probably on a little bit of a roll themselves, huh? For sure. And here's the deal with the SEC, and that's what, this is what you get Ole Miss fans, optimism and hope here. Um, there's no dominant team in the SEC this year. Every single team is beatable, and anybody on a given night can beat another team. And Ole Miss is going to have an opportunity, depending on the straw, to go to the SEC tournament. And if they win enough games toward the end here, uh, maybe not play on day one and, and then maybe get a run going. But, yeah, Kwanzaa's teams are always tough, and um, Columbia's a tough place to play. Almost went to Columbia last year. Having to get a win to get into the NCAA tournament, fell behind. It was a dogfight. They were able to come back and win. But that's just a really funky place to play. It's got a weird feel to it. Um, and this team, a lot like Ole Miss in terms of um, – they weren't very good to start, and they've gotten better as the year progressed. And that's just typical of Quanzo teams. It's going to be tough. And the SEC is so um, even as far as its teams this year to where no easy outlet on the schedule. Maybe Vanderbilt at home is easy. I think we can give Ole Miss that game. But outside of that, there, there's just no game left on the schedule. That's just an easy out. Um, but Ole Miss can also, on the other side of that coin, win every single game left on the schedule. It's a tall task. Ole Miss has backed itself into a corner. But at least they're playing to a level now to where um, you have optimism going into every single game that they can win. I think a lot of the turnaround has to do not just with Brienne, but with the way Devontae's played. And I think one guy we need to talk enough about, we don't talk enough about, is Antavian Collum. Yeah, who is, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's played his way into their eight-man rotation, and he's provided significant value. He's actually been 
among the team leaders in plus minus over the course of the last four games. And that's without him even scoring many points of no points at all. <laughs> I mean, he's rebounding the ball. He's defending. He's setting hard screens. He's doing so many things inside the margins that um, he's helping Ole Miss play winning basketball. So good for him because there was a while there to where we were wondering if he was going to even be on the roster next year, and he's made himself pretty invaluable as far as physicality in the front court. Ben, hypothetically speaking, they go 5-1, and one, included – a win against Auburn at Auburn, get some of the nine to nine tournament play. Would they still have to win the tournament to get a bid, or do you think maybe a semi or a finals appearance would get them a bid? I think it's a tough thing to to really predict, but the bubble's soft, so depending on how some games fell, how some uh different other bubble teams fared in their conference tournaments. I mean, Ole Miss could, in theory, if everything kind of fell right, only have to win two in Nashville with that type of resume to probably get in, but you're still playing in Dayton at that point. The only guarantee for you, outside of winning out in the regular season and then winning a game or two in the tournament, is to go win the SEC tournament. And it's not um, that daunting of a task this year. I mean, Kentucky's a good basketball team. LSU's a good basketball team. But Ole Miss contended with both of those teams. There's not a team yeah. Ole Miss hasn't played with at some point this year so far. And I know they got their tail whipped against Tennessee, but I think if you replay that game right now, these teams are on two totally different courses. So Ole Miss could go um, to Nashville if it won out with a chance to play itself in, um, depending on who it drew in those first two games. There are some ugly losses, like the 41-point loss to Oklahoma State that's not going to go away. Uh, but Ole Miss is right there in the 80s as far as net to where if they won a few games, heck, they could be in the 60s. Um, maybe even high end sixties, and really they're making a case. So um, I think you got to win too. If you win out, I think you got to at least win one or two. Uh, but even then, I mean, heck, with the bubble being so soft, some things could go right, and you don't even have to win two. Who knows? I mean, that's just kind of what Ole Miss's situation is. Because we're even talking about this is, I think, um, a real testament to Kermit Davis and his staff and how they were able to turn the season around with the roster that they weren't all that high on in January. Talk about. Uh... Give us give us uh, two minutes worth of thoughts on the uh, baseball team. Maybe not even two minutes. Give us about a minute and a half. Well, I was just so incredibly encouraged by what we saw. And I know it's easy to say that after Ole Miss took two or three from the top-ranked team. But even if they had lost on Sunday, just the way they competed. I mean, they fall behind 3 nothing to the best Sunday starter in baseball. And they didn't blink. And you're talking about true freshmen and JUCO transfers and a true freshman on the mound and then another true freshman coming in behind them. And they didn't blink, and they kept battling and battling and battling. Um, I think the one thing that's uh, most obvious to me is how deep they are. Mike Bianco can go to his uh, bench anytime he wants to. Like, for example, in that seventh inning, he pinch hits for Cade Sammons with a better bat and Ben Van Cleve. Ben Van Cleve gets a double, and he immediately runs out Jerry on Ely to run for him. They just have so many options in which to play matchups that mm-hmm. this team, even if somebody doesn't hit or somebody underperforms, you can just go to the next guy and you can keep – mixing and matching with different players that could potentially help you um, win games. So I think this team's a host team. I think this team is going to be um, a contender all year, and we made a lot about the schedule. But, heck, man, when you come out and win two or three against the best uh, top-ranked team in the country, uh, I think looking forward, there's nothing you can do but be excited about what Ole Miss baseball can be. Because they're going to pitch it, and I think the offense looks as good as it could possibly look in week one. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thank you. you. Right, good job, all, you as always. Thanks. See you. All right, buddy. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment. Over 50 years of serving the Memphis area with all your equipment needs. Located at 4890 East Shelby Drive. You can rent, buy, or have your own equipment repaired at 
Rebel Equipment. This is a sad one, Yancey. I heard this morning that former Rebel Rebel Hoops coach Ed Murphy passed away. Mm -hmm. And while sadness was my first reaction, laughter and smiling was my second. I don't remember much about Ed, the basketball coach per se, other than how he could make a $2,000 suit look like a wrinkled mess (laughs) at the end of the game. But I do remember he was a real character. He was my across-the-street neighbor and fishing buddy when he and his family lived in Oxford. And i got to say, some of my best times fishing were with Ed. Murph was quick-witted and a great storyteller. But what he was more than that on fishing trips was a world-class beer drinker. (laughs) One day, he and I bought a case of beer to go fishing. That's 24 beers for those who don't know. About three hours into our time on the lake, I reached in the cooler for my third beer, and there was only one left. (laughs) I was in the back of the boat, and the cooler was in the middle. Ed never turned around, but he said calmly, if you get that last beer, I'm throwing you in the lake. My objections to him, having already had 21 to my two, did not register. He got the last beer and drove us home as sober as a judge. <laughs> 22 beers. World-class beer drinker, I tell you. One time I asked him if I could write a story about what he said at halftime. He says, sure, come in the locker room and write what you want. So I'm in the back of the locker room listening to Ed's speech. Ed's team was having a little selfishness problem between black players and white players. Ed sensed that, and he said, guys, we are all green. There's no color in this locker room. We are all green. He said it emphatically, and then he paused, and he said, but if you like green ones, we'll throw it to the dark green ones more. We might win a few games. (laughs) That was Ed. God bless you, big fella. Thanks for the memories. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment in Memphis, Tennessee. We'll be right. Sounds like my kind of guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> 78 years old. He's had some health problems lately and uh, finally succumbed, but he had a great life. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motor Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Boy, boy, howdy. Am I tickled to death to have Mr. Carl Lafferty here? You know, he loved that throw, too. Hey, <laughs> could you make that throw, Carl? No. <laughs> uh, no. I, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I didn't uh, I didn't have the uh, physical talent to pull something like that off. 
Man, could you believe that? Well, I guess you've seen him every day in uh, practice. Does he do that in practice, Carl? Uh, he, he'll do that in air squads. It's something to see him do in, uh, in high school. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's certain things that it's, it's not exactly, to be honest with you, um, how you would teach it. But sure. I, uh, if someone can do it and do it at a high level, you, you know, part of being a, a good coach is not getting in their way. So, uh, <laughs> he's, he, he certainly, uh, you know, pulled that one out at a, an opportune time this weekend. Well, and of course we're talking about the strikeout, throwout, Hayden Dunhurst. With the guy catcher. in motion. The guy in motion threw him out from his knees at second base to end the game and, and uh, capped the uh, two out of three against the number one team in the nation, Louisville. For those who have had their head in the sand, uh, Carl, <laughs> man, just, have been out of town. just great weekend, man. Just give me give me some general thoughts and then I'll pick your brain from there. Well, you know, obviously uh, a weekend, you know, at the end of it, you look up, you played a, a great team, a, a team that's a Omaha uh, caliber type team. And I think it, uh, you know, winning two out of three, you know, gives confidence to a lot of new faces. You know, a lot of guys that suited up for the first time in an Ole Miss uniform. And while they're excited, and I think, you know, there's part of any player that, you know, believes he's good or thinks he's good. But when you step out on the field and you go, okay, Hey, I looked at a, a team that's supposed to be as good as any out there in the country, and you know we were able to. And we didn't play perfect. There, we we made mistakes, uh, but we were able to keep competing. Uh, and that's the thing that I took away from the weekend that I was so excited about: just the the energy of the of the group of guys, and the fact that no matter what the circumstance in the game, what had happened the pitch before, um, they were competing every pitch, and that's ultimately what made the difference for us. So. I guess that's the the biggest thing that stuck out to me from a, a coaching perspective. Yeah, and and Carl, to add to that thought, uh, I thought going into this series that Friday was huge, you know, for a young team to get some confidence and and, and you know, but they lose Friday, and, and it's a test of character from and grit from that point on, and they, and they pass that with flying colors. And for a young team, I, I'm I'm awfully impressed. No doubt. And, and, uh, you know, for a lot of those guys that are the, the returners, you know, cause as coach has said, we do have some guys that have been in the program and been around a good bit. For Anthony Savidio to, to play the way he did, I thought was huge. I mean, you saw, uh, you know, Tim Elko jumps in there with an oppo homer. Uh, Tyler Keenan gets a couple knocks and picks up a few RBIs in the three hole, knowing that he was kind of a marked man. So, uh, while I was excited, you know, for the Kale Bakers and, and some of the new guys that showed up and played well, Peyton Chatagnier, Leatherwood comes in and gets a couple hits on Sunday. Uh, that was an exciting piece, but I was, I was glad to see those, those veteran guys and those returners, you know, really put a, you know, a, a good foot forward and play well. And, and like I said, when it, you, you mentioned the toughness and the grit, and I think that's the, the thing that this team, you know, obviously will need and, and that they've shown this first weekend is just, the competitiveness, you know, pitch by pitch. Carl, I don't have any evidence of this, but 16 position players played this weekend, and we're not talking about three, four, five of them just came in and pitched yet. We're talking about played roles this weekend. I don't think I've ever seen that in the last 20 years under Bianco, even in a non-conference <laughs> game uh, against a, a lesser team, a, a midweek game. What do you do going forward here with, you know, so many guys that can play? Well, I think that's the the challenge for us as a coaching staff. I mean, as we talked this morning, it's not that I know 
a whole lot more about defined <laughs> roles or whatnot as I did last Thursday. I think I know mm-hmm. more about our team from, a, like what I said, the competitiveness, and I was so proud of that energy. But um, as you stated, uh, you know, it's, it's part of, of having, you know, this, a new influx of players is, you know, trying to figure them out. And I think that's what Coach is going to try to continue to do is get guys on the field, get them out there and playing. Because the thing about it, I mean, you know, there's, there's always jitters that come with the first time when you step out there. I mean, there were some pitchers that I was in the, in the bullpen with that, uh, man, I think they were about to jump out of their skin before they, uh, they ran out on the field. They were so excited. So I think the, the thing that you do is we just, you know, keep getting guys opportunities because um, there, there is that element of, of newness. There is that element of, you know, trying to figure out what roles guys will slide into. And uh, the more opportunity that we can create for guys to do that, the more they'll start to essentially figure that out for themselves. Carl, let's let's talk about your area of expertise here, the the pitching, and I, I got to say, Detmers, Reed Detmers, I don't know that we'll face anybody any better. He's he's a sure enough stud, but I thought Doug Nikhazy matched him pitch for pitch for five innings, and then just you know finally you know Louisville just got to him in the sixth, but um, I, I thought a pretty pretty good outing really. Well, no doubt, and and like you said, when you look at just you know briefly on their pitching staff, you look at uh, you know their top their their first three starters. Detmers will be a you know a first rounder. Uh, Miller will be probably a second rounder, and Smith will probably be a third rounder. Uh, three of the, three as good as you won't find a better starting rotation in the country. Uh, and I thought our guys did a great job from you know from Doug to Gunner. Um, to Derek and, and pitching and competing. And I think, you know, toward the end of their outings, they gave up a couple more hits and a couple more runs. But part of it is, as they start to get to that 70 and 80 pitch mark, um, that's obviously an area they haven't gotten to this spring and this year. Um, part of the development of it in the spring, though, is you, you got to start to build those guys' pitch counts up. Uh, but you credit Louisville, who has a really good offense. And, you know, a lot of times that second, third time through the lineup when guys are you know, getting a little fatigued. They did a good job taking advantage of that. But I th- I thought our three starters did a fantastic job mm-hmm. of coming out there, competing, keeping us in the ball game with a very, very talented staff on the other side of the field. So, so Carl, talk to to me as a layman who doesn't know much about baseball. What's what's the deciding factor of when you take a guy out, like, like Doug, uh, some people on the internet were saying, "Well, we went with him too, 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 too many batters or whatever." And I don't know. I mean, because I'm like no, I said, I'm kind of an idiot. It, it's a great question, uh, and and the the one thing about uh, uh, the the internet and, and, and fans and whatnot <laughs> is hindsight is always twenty twenty. Sure. You know, I mean, certainly there there are times that a coach, any coach in any sport, would say, "Hey, I I, would, I wanted to make this decision here or there." I think one thing that comes into it at this time of year when you're talking about starters is what I mentioned earlier. You've got to get those guys to a certain workload. You, you've got to get those guys to, you know, 85, 80, 85 pitches. And not that you're ever going to really want to get them past 100 before SEC starts. But if you don't, if you don't throw them, you know, 65, 70 pitches and then you pull them and then you try to push them more the next week, uh, that can be, a little taxing. And so 
Uh, part of it, it, it's what we did with InterSquad. You start at two innings, you know, first outing, three innings, the second outing, you know, four to five innings depending on pitch count. So we took them from, you know, 65 pitches, their last InterSquad outing to their first outing, getting to around 85 because, you know, the, the 100 mark is usually the threshold. Uh, and that's certainly where you want to be in the SEC. But I think that plays a little bit of a factor in right now. Um, and then, you know, when you're, when you go and decide, hey, I'm going to make a move, generally speaking, you're looking at, okay, and it, a little bit of it's matchup, a little bit of it is having a feel for what your guy is executing or what the guy coming up has necessarily done against the, the guy that you have in with what you think he would match up with the guy coming out of the bullpen. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Probably this time of year, some of it is if they've been pitching well, like our starters had, trying to get them, you know, get them to that pitch count that you feel like they got a, a good amount of work in to prepare them for the next week and you know the rest of co- or the rest of the pre-conference play, uh, so that they're really in tune by conference. But uh, essentially, you're just sit- you're looking at it and going, hey, do I think this guy has a better shot of getting this hitter out than the guy in the bullpen? That's what it comes down to. There you go. So, uh, so. You, we've been talking all preseason about Gunner Hoagland getting a, a, an extra pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that on display uh, Saturday in his outing, I, which I thought was very solid? I did too. Um, and I, you know, Gunner, it's not necessarily you know when uh, there's not a whole lot of pitches to invent in baseball. Uh, and while Gunner threw a breaking ball last year, uh, he's throwing a slider this year, and it's a it's it's been a really good pitch, and it's a pitch that he has a lot of feel and command with. Um, I think he's, he's done some things to make his fastball play better. Uh, obviously, the, the command and the experience from starting last year factors in, so it's, it's the slider becoming a, you know, a sharper, better out pitch, and then the, the combination of the experience and some other adjustments that he's made that's uh, leading the pitch really well. And, and again, just like Doug, I thought he threw the ball really well uh, yesterday or Saturday's game, Coach uh, West Burton was going, you know, pushing really for a weekend rotation spot there with Diamond, and then was going to be the s- Tuesday Wednesday. But he was so valuable out of the bullpen. How do you handle him now going forward? Well, no, it's a it's a good question, and you know, I think along with the, what you mentioned about the the position players uh, playing so many, I think that's the. You know, the, the thing with the bullpen is, is fixing guys in the role, getting some other guys in uh, in the game that, you know, didn't get in the game this weekend, like Jackson Kimbrell or Drew McDaniel, uh, getting some of those guys out there. Um, I think, you know, with West, it was kind of one of those deals. He, he came out there and really, you know, quietened them down uh, quickly. And that had been, you know, the, the thing about you know, Louisville's offense is it's just a – it's a very grindy or just grind you out mentality. And so it had been taxing for a lot of our pitchers. And he made a, he made six outs disappear pretty quick. And so at, you know, kind of in the middle of the game, like, Hey, we want, we didn't expect for him to maybe stay in that long, but heck, he's throwing the ball like that. We're going to, you know, keep going with him. So it, it does bring up a good question. Certainly I think that, uh, he could have the ability to start. Uh, he did throw really well. Um, in the, uh, you know, this weekend, you know, yesterday, uh, we'll kind of see where he's at. I know we've got two midweek games and, and Greer's going to start, uh, Tuesday or tomorrow against Arkansas State and we haven't made a decision, you know, for Wednesday against, uh, against Alcorn. So he could, it's a possibility he could be in that role. Um, but it's just one of those things that 
we're going to have to see how it all plays out, you know, tomorrow against Arkansas State before we can really make a decision on Wednesday. But yes, very proud of him, and certainly think he'll be a, a valuable piece moving forward. Well, give us give us a little insight on the other freshman, the starter, Derek Diamond. Uh, what what you felt about his first outing? I, I thought it was terrific. You know, I mean. He really, like I said, you give a lot of credit to their offense because they can make uh, life really difficult for a pitcher. And, and what I mean by that is there are some offenses that are you know free swinging but could put up some home runs you know in a hurry. That offense is really going to have a ton of strike zone discipline. Uh, they're not going to scare you as much as threatening for the fences as they're going to work counts and you know hit doubles and, and be athletic. And the thing that I thought he did for a freshman is he had a lot of poise and he made a lot of pitches. Um, one of the things we saw with Gunner on Saturday is he had a lot of success by throwing a fastball in. And I thought Derek showed the ability to do that. And that's something that's hard. Like if you start, if you talk about pitching inside, that's usually one of the most difficult things for a, a pitcher to do is to have that command because, you know, pitching inside, yeah, you can live there and you can chew them up, but. You throw it a little too far in, you hit them. If you throw it a little more in the middle, um, you know you leave it right there at a, a, a sweet spot for them to hit. So I was proud of the way he pitched. I thought his slider was good. Uh, I think his changeup will even be a more effective pitch against teams down the road. It, it wasn't a great matchup for that offensive approach, but uh, very pleased with the way he performed. Give us a, a, a little more insight on the Forsyth kid, his first outing. <laughs> he uh, – Hey, he was one of those guys that he, uh, he's got a closer type of mentality, uh, very aggressive, and he was, he was, uh, he was jacked up when he went jacked to the game. Jacked up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, and like, you know, probably a little more than he wanted to be. Um, but I think the great thing about, about Braden is he has, similar to Chofi, the attitude is like, hey, man, I'm coming at you, and I'm coming at you with my best stuff. I'm not backing down from anything. And that's certainly a great mentality that you like to see out of a back-end bullpen type of guy. And even when he was getting hot in, in Game 3, I thought you know he looked more poised in the bullpen just because he had run out there you know, the day before and those butterflies maybe were a little bit gone and his, his stuff looked, uh, it looked electric. So I'm excited to, what he, you know, to see what he's going to do. The ball moves well week. for him, too. What, what, oh, is yeah. his, what is his stuff? Give us his M.O. Uh, yeah, I mean, his fastball, like, you know, since he's been here, it's been 90, 93. There's been times that he's gotten up to 95, but he's got a really good slider. Um, you know, I think it's a swing and miss breaking ball. And so, uh, works fast, quick arm, uh, a lot of tempo, and, and it's just kind of a come right at you type of guy. So, uh, it's power stuff and, and can be really electric at times. Miller and Chofi also came in and, and gave you some quality, uh, yeah, Some and, time uh, on the mound. No question. You know, it's never end at the easy or never easy at the end. And Chofi really battled and hung in there yesterday. And um, you know, obviously Dunhurst made a good play, a good throw defensively. Um, but uh, and I thought Chofi threw with as good a stuff as he's ever thrown with. I think he was up to ninety three. Um, you know, Miller. If you if you asked him, he probably would say he wasn't super proud of his outing. You know, you're always he's a competitor. You're always going to get that out of him, and he may have been excited. Uh, and but he's a he's a veteran, a guy that uh, you know obviously is going to fill a huge role for us this year, and has a you know a tremendous breaking ball. So uh, it'll be it's good to play you know five games this week and get guys out there for all the reasons you guys listed earlier. Are you on the uh, Kale Baker 
train. <laughs> hey, man, I've always been on the Kale Baker train. What are you talking about? That's John Crawford. Uh, hey, he is, he, he, you know, the his Juco stats speak for themselves on what kind of offensive yeah. player he's been. Um, and he's just, you know, with you, you see him on the field, but his personality is that big as well. He is an awesome kid. He is a hardworking kid. Uh, he's a good kid, but he's tough as nails. You know, was a high school fullback, uh, football player, and just a just a great dude. And, and certainly, uh, I love it was it. great to see him have success this weekend. Hey, buddy, thank you for your time. Good luck this week. Uh, you got uh, um, who tomorrow? Arkansas State, then Alcorn, and then this weekend Xavier. Right? That's it. All right, buddy. Good luck Thank this you. week. We'll have you back Five on and Let's go. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Carl Lafferty, pitching coach for Ole Miss, now 2-1 and one after taking the series over number one Louisville over the weekend. Great start for this Rebel baseball team. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back. Final segment of tonight's Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Let's go to the control room with Mr. Jack Schultz and around the SEC. Take it away, Rhino. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags. Anything, everything, Ole Miss. What a weekend for the Ole Miss baseball team, taking two of three to win the series over number one Louisville to start the 2020 season. The Rebels clinched Game 3 yesterday behind a four-run seventh inning and a strong relief performance from freshman Wes Burton, who threw two and a third innings without giving up a hit against eight Cardinal batters. The Rebels were led throughout the weekend by leadoff hitter junior Anthony Servidio. He scored three runs and three RBI on five hits, including a home run and ten at-bats. Kel Baker has quickly become a fan favorite as well. The junior college transfer hit a pair of towering home runs while going four for four on Saturday. He was named the SEC Co-Player of the Week, an incredible start to his Ole Miss career. Mike Bianco's team will have plenty of confidence moving forward with a pair of midweek games against Arkansas State and Alcorn State before Xavier visits Oxford for a three-game series this weekend. In basketball, the Rebels' three-game win streak came to an end as Kermit Davis's team dropped a hard-fought battle at number 12 Kentucky, 67-62. Brian Tyree led the way again with 19 points, followed by 13 each for Blake Hinson and K.J. Buffin. Ole Miss has looked much improved of late, especially in their 83-58 thrashing of Mississippi State last Tuesday. The Rebs are at Missouri tomorrow night at 7.30 before hosting Alabama for Space Jam night on Saturday. That's the latest Ole Miss news. Back to you guys. All right. I think that was supposed to be around the SEC, but that's okay. <laughs> we did, we did it's all old, the same. <laughs> yeah, we did old Miss Two twice, I guess. No big deal. All right. Uh, around the SEC is brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy. Got to let you know that. 
Uh, at Missouri tomorrow night, seven thirty. Big Got, game. Got uh, Alcorn State here in baseball tomorrow at four p.m. Excuse me, Arkansas State, then Alcorn Wednesday at four p.m. Then Xavier three game series starting at four p.m. Friday, one thirty Saturday, and noon Sunday in baseball here, and then Saturday. Alabama in the pavilion at 7.30 p.m. So you could come up here on Saturday, catch the uh, baseball game at 1.30, then go grab a bite to eat, then run over to the pavilion and see them Rebels take down Alabama. That will be nice. Or you could just come in tomorrow and watch Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday baseball well, and watch Ole Miss on un- Saturday. Yes, catch the Rebels tomorrow night. Out of Norris. Unlike you, Yancey, some people have a job. I know. The good, bad, and ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. If you need a four-wheeler side-by-side, a lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. The good, well, it's a pretty good week in my humble opinion, starting with a decisive win in hoops over Mississippi State behind Brian Tyree's 40 points. What a show he put on. Then a close loss to Kentucky. About all you can ask in Rupp Arena is a chance to win, and the Rebs indeed had that. So a good week for men's hoops. Kinda. Baseball took on number one Louisville in the opening series and took two or three after losing the Friday afternoon contest. The Rebel bats were silent in the opener, but then exploded for eight and seven runs, respectively, and the Ole Miss pitching staff held the Cardinals' bats at bay enough to pull out two wins. For this young team, this was a tremendous weekend that should give them something to build on and up their level of confidence a good bit. I can tell already I'm going to like this team. They're talented, they're gritty, they're deep, and they look like they enjoy playing the game on one of the biggest stages in college baseball. Let's have some fun with this team. Bad, well, the women's softball team, which is anticipated to be pretty good, went to Mexico and lost more games. They finally won one against the Mexican national team, but still more of the bad start. The ugly, well, you know what that is. The women's hoops team, good grief. (laughs) Oh, for Oh, for whatever in the SEC. And will be that. Ugly, ugly, ugly. And uh, I know Coach Yo's got some talent coming in, but this season can't get over quick enough. I'm bet for her (laughs) and for us. Uh, The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in baseball. So, uh, Yancey, we got about one minute here, I think. uh, Again. uh, The only thing I'll say is I – Think this basketball team is still gonna make a run. I think they're gonna get the nine and nine in conference. Well, I'm not quite that optimistic, but I gotta say, as I said earlier, I'm proud that they didn't throw in the towel and they're playing hard and they wanna they wanna win and you know, that means a lot to me as I get older. You know, bottom line is the way most sports fans look at athletics now right. and I understand that. Sure. I get that, wins and losses. But as you get older Effort and desire and caring means more to you than anything. I understand, and 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 I think that this team has shown that. When there was a point in this season when I didn't see that, yeah, uh, and it was probably always there, but they just had not clicked. So anyway, a lot of new pieces. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I like them, and I'm 
And I certainly like this baseball team. And that's not just based on beating. If they had won one, I would like this team because, as I said earlier, I like their grit. I like their enthusiasm about the game, and I like their talent. Well, Chuck, they're so flexible now. It doesn't matter if you're facing a right-hander or left-hander. They've got, mm-hmm. they can stack mm-hmm. it up with righties, stack it up with left-handers. Last year, they didn't have that right-handed bat presence. So they're, they're deep and it's, you know, they're inexperienced, most of them, but they are deep and they're going to be fun and gritty. All right. We'll be back next Monday night with Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Good night, everybody. Hotty toddy. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.